Welcome to the People and Technology podcast. We're here at the ATC event in Sydney 2017 and we're live podcasting. I'm David Gazzarotto and I'm joined by my colleague Jared Cameron. How are you, Jared? Yeah, really good, Dave. We're at uh, break time at the moment, so there's a real hustle and bustle going on in the room, isn't there? Yes, we're competing to be heard. It's, uh, there's certainly one person here who um, doesn't need to be competed with to be heard, and that's our next guest, Kevin Wheeler. Great to have you here, Kevin. Oh, it's really good to be here. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Hey, so Kevin, this uh, ATC event is, uh, you are synonymous, you and Trevor Vass particularly are synonymous with ATC. Um, I'm really interested to, to kind of um, get a, a quick snapshot um, of how you kind of ended up with this fabulous, um, you know, the contribution you guys make to the industry is, is substantial. And I, I guess I'm interested to learn the journey you guys took to get here. And um, Sure. I mean, it was an, an accidental journey. Yeah. Uh, and I guess maybe those are the best ones, right? Yep, true. Uh, I met Trevor. I was over here um, maybe 15 plus years ago with a couple of companies from the U.S. that mm. invited me to come and speak here mm-hmm. at like a user's group. And Trevor was at one of those, and we met. And we just started talking and, you know, just sort of casually. And then uh, he invited me over to speak to some of his clients. And uh, then one day, you know, I just said, you know, we have this big event in the U.S. called ERE. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like it here in Australia. So why don't we do something like that? And so it was a hobby. We just said, sure, okay, once a year we'll do a conference. Can't be that hard. Yep. Little did we know. <laughs> it ought to be a piece of cake, you know. And, uh, and the first year it was yep. because it was novel yep. and nobody had done one before. And so you say we're going to have this big conference like in the U.S. And, wow, yeah, we had like a huge number of people here, mm. right? Mm. Uh, the second year was a little more difficult. Right? <laughs> it's like the difficult second album for yeah, bands. Exactly, right? Mm. right. The first one's the hit. The second one's <laughs> a bigger challenge. I mean, but it wasn't a horrible challenge, but it was just more work, right? And yeah. we, had to, we had to actually sell. And uh, this is our 11th year, and it's grown bigger and better every year, I think. Mm. And, 11 uh, years. It's amazing. Yeah, 11 years. I, we can't believe it either. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty amazing. How has the, um, the event changed over those 11 years? I mean, if you think back to even where it was five years ago versus where it is now, you know, what are some of the things that are different? Well, I mean, I think from a content perspective, it's pretty much the same. We've always, I think, had good speakers and good content. I think what's really changed is uh, the logistical execution of it all. Mm. It's much more sophisticated now. We've got this venue's great. Mm. You know, we've got a lot more sponsors and, uh, uh, and, and sponsors that are more comfortable with this kind of an activity. Yeah. In the early days, they hadn't really done this before. Yeah. They didn't really know how to set up a booth or do any yeah. of these things. Now they're really, really great. You know, They've really got it. So I think the whole look and feel of it is just much, much better now. Yeah. We're just more sophisticated at what we're doing. We didn't have a clue what we were doing before. We didn't have an MC. Trevor and I kind of tag-teamed it. Um, uh, you know, we, didn't, we did a lot of things wrong. We did a lot of things right. Uh, but we've learned a lot, and it's just yeah. smoother, more professional, uh, looks better, feels better, yep. uh, and uh, I think we continue to attract some good speakers. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know, the event's always had a great reputation. I think one of the things that I've always felt sets this event apart is the level of engagement you tend to achieve yeah. here, and I think um, when I look at, I go to a lot of the events in the U.S., and Typically, Americans. Let's let's face it. You guys, you, you tend to be more up for the approaching people and having conversations. Um, us Aussies are a bit 
bit more reserved. Well, a bit more reserved, a bit more standoffish. Mm. Um, but I think events like this have helped to break that down a little bit in our industry and to say, you know what, it's actually vendors won't bite if you go and talk to them. You know, keynote speakers, you know what, they're actually humans as well. I totally agree. I mean, I think, uh, you know, when I first came here, <clears throat> it was really hard work hmm. to get people to talk, go to a booth and talk to people, right? Mm. It, was, mm. it was just really hard to get people in the booth to step out and say, hey, let me, come here, let me show you something, yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody would just sort of stood around waiting for somebody else to make the first move, right? Yeah. Uh, it was really, really sort of amusing mm. in a way. Uh, also, not good for business, right? So, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so Trevor worked really hard to mm. try to you know, introduce people, yep. get people connected, uh, build the bridges. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's been a, uh, an accomplishment yeah. that we've done. I think today people are much more comfortable with the mm. format and... Uh, a little less of that standoffishness that was here yeah. before. Yeah. A little less of the formality that was mm. here before. Mm. We all wore suits. Yeah. Now we dress like this. You know, yeah, we don't, we don't wear suits anymore. Yeah. It's getting um, more relaxed, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we were very formal in the beginning, and it was all very, um, very proper. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder whether that's um, almost a, um, a, a comparison to the evolution of recruitment during yeah. that time. Yeah. You know, I think I remember, you know, I... I track my history in the space 25 years now I know I'm Italian I don't look that old um, but recruiters were very there was a they were cookie cutter you know and they, mm-hmm. they had the formality about them and yeah. it was very they, agency driven yeah, yeah. historically and you know the corporate stuff came in about the same time we started this conference when yeah. you know corporate yeah. recruiting became a big deal or mm. a bigger deal mm. right so I think we sort of coincided timing wise with mm. the corporate world and of course, there are a couple of other agency-focused conferences, right? Yeah, yeah. So we really tapped into that corporate conference yep. side. And that's grown a lot over the last mm. few years as well. Mm, definitely. So, and I think yeah. what we're seeing now is um, the silo of recruitment is breaking down more and more. And I guess talent management and the concept of, of talent rather than just recruiting uh, is, is the predominant um, mind space we're all in yeah. and I guess that's probably a good segue to help you know, get you to talk a little bit more about what you do outside of the ATC mm. stuff with the Future of Talent Institute and mm-hmm. I guess working at helping identify and, and connect future trends in, in what we're doing. Yeah, I mean that's, uh, you know, I started uh, the Future of Talent Institute just almost in parallel with mm-hmm. this um, because I saw there was no real focus on uh, from a recruitment or learning perspective on what was going on in, in those professions, right? Yeah. There's things about the future of HR and about work, but they weren't necessarily related to recruiting or learning, which are yeah. the two areas that I was passionate about. Uh, and so we really started looking at, you know, what's changing in mm. that space. Uh, and, and obviously being in Silicon Valley, how's technology having an impact on this? Mm. Uh, mm. And it's pretty significant. Mm. So, uh, you know, the goal here is for me is to try to help recruiters and people responsible for learning kind of see what the what the technology is capable of doing and help them become comfortable in leveraging it for their own success. Yeah. And, you know, how can we really move things in a different and better way, right? And there's still a lot of fear about technology. A lot of you know, HR people are just not very technical usually. Mm. Mm. And so when you start talking about machine learning and AI and... Oh, that's a scary concept things, for them, they, isn't it? They kind of get, either they get frightened or they think it's really bad. Yep. Mm. And it's really kind of helping them understand, putting it into perspective, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, kind of balance. The, the technology can really help you be better at being human. 
Yes. And I think that's what they don't get sometimes. So that's sort of what I try to talk about. Yep. You must have um, seen a fair few trends in the uh, the years that you've been running both your uh, your company and this event. You know, what are you sort of predicting is what we might see coming in the future around talent and attraction, and you know, what are some of your thoughts around the trends? Well, I mean, um, I've got a lot of them. Um, I think that obviously technology is going to replace a lot of what recruiters do, uh, and it may at the same time replace some recruiters, mm-hmm. but recruiters are going to have to change what they do and yeah. how they think about what they do. So, I mean, I clearly AI, analytics, testing, mm-hmm. these kind of things uh, are totally changing assessment, changing you know, how we pick people, why we pick people, you know, being able to much better correlate what really does make a difference in terms of performance mm-hmm. as opposed to what we assumed or thought it was yeah. traditionally. And we're seeing there's a lot of differences there. Uh, so I think those are all um, – uh, so I think technology and its impact is huge. Yeah. I think that at the same time it's going to fundamentally uh, – uh, those who invest in the technology are going to dominate the space. Yeah. And I think from the corporate world, and this is a very unpopular prediction – is I think corporate recruiting is going to dwindle significantly mm-hmm. because internally corporate recruiting is an overhead cost. Yep. And they just never are going to get the money to really implement full-scale recruitment process automation or some of those other tools. Mm-hmm. And I do work with RPOs as well, mm-hmm. and most of them are spending millions of dollars on technology yeah. and rolling out in very, very impressive mm. platforms. Yeah, there's a survival of the fittest going on kind of in that right, space, absolutely. isn't there? And so if you're, um, if you're a good RPO and you really invest in technology and integrate it well, which they're very good at doing, yeah. um, they can reduce the number of people doing the administrivia mm. and really focus people on the human connection, yeah, which absolutely. they're doing. And so the good RPOs are making great progress, and the corporate world is just woefully behind mm. because they just don't get the money mm. to really invest into that. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, it's a catch-22 almost. You, you, it can't, is. you can't make it's, it. It's an interesting time. I think even just beyond the recruitment side of the talent spectrum to, broadly speaking, I think the transition that's going on is from talent management as a process or a set of processes, mm-hmm. which is kind of... The world that we've come from, and you've you know so eloquently described as being disrupted and mm-hmm. and, and, and changed um, in a number of ways. Uh, two, the w- talent management is a discipline. So, and this this is where it should be. T- talent management's a management discipline in organisations. And actually, what we should be trying to do is leverage technology to help e- every manager, every yeah. employee, be better at both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the role of the experts in that, whether that's the, mm. the corporate recruiters, the RPOs or, <laughs> or other, they should become more and more expert in that and more and more advisory rather than the doers. Yeah. Well, is I that- mean, that's my biggest uh, comment to HR leaders is you need to become an advisor and a coach yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. Even expertise is built into the software now. So yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I think the end of the age of experts, which is really the 20th century, is over. Yep. You don't need to have a lot of knowledge stored up here mm. because I can tap into that knowledge very quickly and yeah. easily. But I, what I do have to have is the ability to use the knowledge, yeah. learn it quickly, uh, understand what's important and what isn't. Yeah. How do I get to the essence of something? 
I mean, I'm sure you guys didn't go to college to learn how to do podcasts, right? No. I, I'm pretty sure you just picked this up by doing it, right? We just sat down and did you it. You sat down and you did it, right? <laughs> yeah. And look at the equipment you've got yeah. and what you're doing here. Yeah. And, and that's how people are learning everything. So you didn't yeah. go and find a podcast expert no. to give you a, a coaching session in this. No. You just went and did it, right? Yeah. I, I had a read of a forum online to see yeah. what do other people do. And I talked to a few people that you know might have done it once. And then Dave and I just got on the phone one yeah. day and did it. Yeah, and we, you're right. And, and, that, and, that's, the, and that's the bottom line. And yeah. that's, that's a perfect example of the future of work. Yeah. yeah, It's not about going to college and getting a degree in engineering. It's about how do I figure out mm. what I need to know. Yep. Yeah. If I need Learning to figure agility, out math right? to do this, I'll go learn yeah. the math I need to do this, mm. right? Mm. And I'm not going to have to carry around tons of wasted information that I never mm. did use. Mm. I can actually get stuff I am going to use, right? Yeah, that's right. But, it's, but the real important skill is learning how to learn, mm. learning how to forget, yep. learning where to get information, Learning network, how to network, how to mm. tap into a network. Uh, mm. Those are the real skills of the future. Yeah, and you see that. Like, I've got three kids who are in the they're, they're the digital natives, the classics. They're eleven and eight and five. My eleven-year-old, you can see how he's engaged in in the digital world. He doesn't know he doesn't know the world that we come in. Doesn't, no. Obviously, he doesn't know what a fax machine is. Right. Um, I, I opened a drawer the other day and pulled out um, you know a, a CD. And I just got a blank stare, right? So, <laughs> but what I find really fascinating is how they use the technology. So where we would have, uh, I would have just trusted an adult if I'd asked them a question. You know, if they gave me the answer, I go, oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas my son will go, hmm. Let me Google. Let me Google. Let me. And then, yeah. or, you, know, yeah. you know what? Yeah, three quarters right, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's this seamless merging of the yeah. digital with the human, and yeah. I. Uh, and that's yeah. just, they're just augmented by that stuff totally, yeah, right? Yeah. And so why would you go to a traditional university yeah. and learn traditional subjects? Yeah. So, I, mean, uh, I do a lot in the learning space, and that whole world is in turmoil. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I think we, you know, we, can, we, uh, we can safely predict, I think, that the real traditional yeah. um, universities are going to have a lot smaller enrollments. Around there'll be a handful of people who choose that world, but yeah. it won't be the norm. Mm. I think also the style of learning is going to change a bit. Instead of it being, you know, you go to university and you spend three or four years there, and then maybe you're done, or you go back and do a post grad yeah. ten years later. You never stop. It's going to be a continuous yeah. learning yeah. model, yeah. Yeah. and so All it's going time. to be more alumni driven, and it's going to be more about register with us, spend part of your time all year round. Mm-hmm. You know, learning and sharing mm. with others. It that's won't be the degree you acquire. It's the no. network that's created Correct. in you know, acquiring that learning at that point in time. And that's, I think that's a big shift. Big well, shift. Now, at the risk of diverging down this path too far, because we'll probably need red wine and all manner of things, <laughs> but we are confronting with, I think we're confronted by a big social disruption with all oh, of this huge, too. Huge social disruption. I mean, I think work as we know it is going to largely disappear yeah. in the traditional sense of a job and you know, 40 hours a week. Yeah. You know, that's really an artifact now. Well, it's gone yeah. for a lot of people yeah, it's already. It's gone you for know? a lot of people yeah. and, and going rapidly for many mm. others. I don't think we've got a good replacement model yet. Mm. And we've got all these gig economy types of things, some of which are good, some of which are not so good. Mm. Um, you, know, we, you know, you lose the social, the, the, the economic safety network that you did get yeah. briefly in that 40-hour work week. So we have to figure out how to... Mm. work with some of this but we're in an age of experimentation yeah I mean nobody's got all the answers at all mm. anyway no. uh, so governments have issues around tax revenue yeah and, and you know they can tax a payroll check 
And how do you tax somebody in the gig economy who's yeah. hiding two thirds of their it's money? It's starting to get complicated, isn't so, it? So I mean, this yeah. gets really, really complex, and it's yeah. really um, look at Uber and disruption and mm. yeah. Airbnb and and even beside all the things we hear about, it's got huge economic consequences for cities that have revenue from hotel mm. taxes. Mm. And, and taxi licenses that don't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. And so they're, why do you think they're against Uber and Airbnb? But do you know, you know what, not- though? You, you go and talk to, you know, you go and talk to people in your network who maybe aren't in our industry. And I do, a, I do this a lot. I, I talk to a lot of friends and family. <clears throat> I come up against walls. Everybody puts a wall up against me when I talk about there'll be no more taxi drivers within mm. X number of years or... Don't bother becoming a lawyer. Mm. You know, like if I, I sort of throw that. I've got lots of lawyers in my family, so yep. I, you know, throw that around a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I get a lot of walls. I think I, I think people aren't at a point of acceptance it, yet that that's coming. It's no, great no, when, when you not. when you didn't actually get into that law degree at Waikato University and had to go down a different path, Jared. Now you, you're able to come back around. Exactly. Again. Ah, so. I told see, you so. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I think I think you know people always historically uh, you always resist change. They do, I mean, yeah. you can go back to the automobile and the horse. Classic stories, right? The horse will ne- never be replaced. There's yep. no way the world can function without horses, right? Mm. I mean, there was absolutely people that would have given their life for that, that yeah. believed that, right? Um, I can't imagine a, a world full of these smoke-belching, noisy things running around when I've got my horse that when I'm drunk, he takes me home and I don't get a <laughs> <Yeah>. DUI, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, there was a tremendous pushback on... Yeah. The automobile. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in the end, just about everybody hmm. owns, owns not, two. Joins the, joins the revolution, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. So I think that's happening here. Young people are going to lead the way yeah. with everything. You know, the oldest ones are going to be the ones that drag their feet the most. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an evi- inevitability. <laughs> it's just simply a matter of how quickly it happens. Yeah. So they're bringing the soundtrack up, aren't they, Kevin? Which is saying something. It probably means we need to uh, wrap this up. Give us a wind up, hey? But it's probably a good, good point for us to do so. Kevin, thank you so much for being generous with your time this morning. Awesome to meet you in person. I am a bit of a fanboy, I must say. So um, really, really good to connect. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Thanks Thanks for the opportunity. And Yeah. yeah, we'll catch you again sometime.